everyone. This is Kathy Mason from MesaWorks Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with Michelle Clear. Hi, Michelle. Hello. I'm excited to be here with you today. Oh, I'm so excited. I got to meet Michelle at IONS Conference, um, the International Association for Near-Death Studies, um, when we were in Salt Lake City. And she is as beautiful inside and out as anybody. Um, you can really tell that she is in service to the light and that she is um, connected to the field of love. Um, that's what uh, I love about going to that conference is there's so many people that have had near-death experiences or have had spiritually transformative experiences. And when you're around them, it's like, oh, home. I remember home. So, Michelle, do, will you talk a little bit about your journey um, so that people can get a feel for not just we can go to the near-death experiences later if you want. But, but I mean, originally you are um, a spiritual advisor. You're a medium. You're an intuitive. So, so you must have had superpowers long before. <laughs> right? Well, I would say I had a glimpse of my superpowers. And then with each near-death experience, they were enhanced. Yep. So I was 12 years old when my grandfather passed away. And that was the first person I was close with that transitioned. And at that point in time, I noticed he and I were still communicating. We were talking and I would tell my mom and my mom would say, well, that's what you think grandpa would say if he was still here. So I kind of learned that this communication with grandpa was just between us. Not everyone else was having these conversations. And then after that, what happened was my grandma passed away about eight years later. Same situation. I noticed we're talking. I share it with my mom. My mom says, that's what you think grandma would say if she was still here. And so it just kind of leads me to realize, oh, not everyone's doing this. But at that point in time, I was really only connecting with my loved ones in spirit. So then I had my first NDE in the year 2000. And I was actually at a hospital that day with my sister-in-law who had just had her baby. And I had this massive seizure. And so what I remember at that is waking up, opening my eyes, and I'm in this beautiful white room. I am laying there with my head on my grandma's lap. The walls are alive and breathing. It is as if, as if each cell or molecule is kind of moving and radiating this light and love. And I open my eyes, I'm looking at my grandma and she's the youngest, healthiest version of her that I can remember. She's smiling at me and I look up next to her and I see this 12 foot angel standing right there and I am just sucked into her presence and she's radiant, beautiful. The first thing I think is, oh my gosh, I want to see her wings. So I go to look for these huge feather wings and actually what I found was they were wings, but they were made of light and they moved like the Aurora Borealis and they kind of seemed to span eternity. So as I was laying there, I was thinking in my head, what is your name? And she answered me. She said her name was Madeline and she was one of my guardian angels. And I was actually really surprised because at this point in my life, I did not know the term mediumship. I did not know about telepathic communication. I mean, this was, I knew I was having an experience, but I didn't actually even know I was having a near death experience because those were just not words in my vocabulary. Yeah. And so I remember laying in this timeless place with all of this peace and love and bliss. And oh my gosh, I was just enjoying it. I was in no hurry to go anywhere. And the next thing I know, I hear them yelling code, 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 and I'm back in my body. And it was so heavy and so dense. My arm felt like it weighed 500 pounds. And so for me, I just had what I would say is also an, an awakening to the angel realm being real, to the fact that this love and life in this heavenly realm that we've all talked about is actually real. It's actually present and you can get there from here. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so is it, did you keep, did you shut down your um, senses? Cause you obviously had expanded, expanded awareness as a child, did you shut that down when no one else or you, you just kept secretively doing it? 
I think a little bit of both. I kind of shut it down. I narrowed my field. So the only people that communicated with me were my family that I was comfortable with. And I also wasn't talking about it because I realized not everyone else was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting as a child, we, we assume everybody else is seeing the world the same way we are, but then you wake up. It's almost like seeing when you find out Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> right. Right. So, so how, um, so you, you wake up, so you had three near-death experiences, right? Is it is the one that you just talked about your first one? Absolutely. Oh my God. So why do you, th- this is a, this is maybe a stupid question. But no stupid you- questions. <laughs> well, okay. Sean Lether said something to me once about it. The guy that runs Hawaii Irons. Uh-huh. And he, he said, cause he's had two or three. And he said, he says, like, didn't I learn enough in the first one? Why? <laughs> so why do you think that you have to have multiple near-death experiences? For myself personally, I believe each one was this wake-up call, like, okay, Michelle, open up, tap in. And then I would go back to my humanness. I wouldn't explore it more. I'd ignore it. And then the next one is a bigger wake-up. And so for me, I feel like that was part of it. I also believe as a medium that when we pre-plan our earthly life, we do put exit points in and near-death experiences are possible exit points. Now, we've heard about people who say, I didn't get a choice. I was just sent back. And my first one, I didn't really get a choice. I was there and then I was back. So, but there was always the possibility that on a soul level, if my soul had done what it needed to do, I could have exited at that point in time. Oh, love it. Okay. So, so I, I do agree that in, in my knowing, and I don't know how I know anything, but in my knowing, I know that we've got exit points and that it, everything's in a divine order. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of times I just have to surrender to that trust and then go on my happy way. <laughs> um, so when, when you're working, so, so you were at IONS, you were around a lot of people that have had near death experiences and there was different kinds of awarenesses from them. And in some cases, um, no, I didn't meet anyone at IONS that I didn't think was real. But I have out here doing these interviews and stuff, I have met people that I wasn't quite sure that they got the memo, Um, (laughs) (laughs) that their connection worked almost like it was they got, okay, how do I explain this? I think it's very hard to talk about the spiritual connection. And so the reason I'm excited about being around near-death experiencers is they especially Peter Panagor and some of these people, they're so articulate and give you a way to express what is not verbal. It's all feeling. Correct. So, so what happens um, like when you're doing readings and you're, you're with these people and you go, mm, but do you, do you, do you have an angel tap them or I mean, what, I don't know. Is that a weird question to ask? But No, I, I mean, I think you're basically asking how do my readings work? Is that correct? Well, I'm asking how your readings work, but also if your, um, your truth meter, your oh, truth yes. meter about it all. So it's both, it's both. Yeah, I do want to know how your readings work. I, I definitely do. Mm-hmm. And I want to know how you sense the divine connection. So you, you connect yourself and then you work with people mm-hmm. and then you can sort of see if that's, if there, there's something else going on that they're not being truthful about. Absolutely. Listen, most people don't come to me in a situation where I need to ask, you know, how much, how truthful are they being? Because when I'm working with someone, I'm actually in an in a energetic way more connected with spirit than the human sitting in front of me. Mm. Because they're coming to me for their messages from their life guides, their angels, their loved ones, psychic information, whatever it is. So 90% of my connection in a reading is with spirit. 
10% of it is with the human here. So what I'm doing is I'm going up, getting the information, coming down, relaying it. So it's kind of like this triangle that I create. It's the sitter, myself, and spirit. And we create an energy flow, like a triangle. So now there are times where people will tell me things and I'm like, hmm, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel accurate. My go-to is I say to spirit, how much light or how much truth is in this? Oh, and they'll give me an answer. I'll say a number all of a sudden, 87%. Okay, awesome. So I know that this is 87% true for this person, right? right? And listen, because of our human perspective, sometimes we tell stories that are 80% true, not because we don't 100% believe them, but because of our perspective and our upbringing and the way that we saw the situation. So I would say most people that I'm in contact with, I don't come in contact actually with people that I don't like or I don't trust very often because it's an energetic vibration, right? So if you're vibrating in the energy you want to be in, you're attracting that same type of energy. Uh -huh. And and so I think, you know, people who are not telling the truth or people who are selling false information about whatever, their own story, other people's story, on and on, they're going to find themselves more in that vibrational frequency. I'd say, yeah, that that's perfect. That's perfect. And, and I I can see that they the connection, the frequency wouldn't be a match with you anyway. The reason why I asked is I was with some people over um, the end of last week where we were doing a bunch of energy work and they were talking about a reading where you, she could tell that the husband was cheating. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And, and that, that information does come through. I'll be honest, but that isn't, I, I guess I don't consider that a truth meter. I just think of that as the information. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So, because it, it is just the truth, whether it's good information or bad information, oh. it's information. Yeah. I don't, and, I wouldn't want to be the, the bearer of any of that. That's personally, yeah, that's so hard. I mean, being being on earth isn't the easiest thing. That's why we're, we're given a, a band of angels and support team that um, most of them are sitting around like this with people. <laughs> They're bored. Yeah. You know, they aren't being called on. Okay. So, so um, you do these readings that help people um, see their highest uh, potential. Is that what you're saying? That's part of the, what you're doing? Cause you're, you're, it sounds very similar to what I, when I go out and do things, could you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think, um, the, um, need for that is great right now. Absolutely. And, um, yes, that is one of the things that I do. So when I'm doing that, what I'm actually doing is connecting with that individual's soul. So we're going up to the soul and we're asking the soul, what, you know, what is your plan here? What are, what, what are the lessons you want to learn? How can we help this human piece of your soul connect to what you are wanting and envisioning? And so we're really going up to that higher universal message for the soul and the soul's plan. Now, one of the things that people very often ask me is what is my purpose? Okay. Well, that's kind of a trick question because none of us have just one purpose. We have multiple purposes. Yes. I'm a mom. I'm a medium, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, right? On and on and on, multiple purposes. So there's never just one purpose, but let's just say we're connecting and your soul is saying, I am here to be of service in this way. Okay, now we've narrowed it down. Okay, how are you going to be of service? Are you going to go into the medical field? Are you going to do energy work? Are you going to be a massage therapist? There are now a million ways to be of service. Other souls come here literally to be innovative. They're still of service. So like, let's talk about Elon Musk for a moment. By him being innovative and following his soul's passion, he's actually being of service because he's uplifting technology to another level for humanity. Perfect. Perfect. So, so, and, and I think that, um, the, these changing times are forcing people, um, whether they know it or not to be more empathic, mm -hmm. um, the, the internet's almost like training wheels to, um, to get us so we can be telepathic with each other in, in my opinion. And, and we're getting more this whole sense of, um, global consciousness. And and um, so the readings like this are so helpful to either reaffirm your connection or help you 
gain your connection, right? Absolutely. And this is the thing. Everyone is connected. What do you need to be connected to source? A soul. Okay. Every living creature has that. Every human has that. So now we want to refine it, tune into it. Ideally, you are making your own connection with source, your spirit team, your angels. But until you get to that point, there are going to be a million ways to help refine your tools and guide you to do that. So, so suffering is optional, but we haven't quite figured out how to do that. Could you talk a little bit about how we could reduce suffering um, by with the connections that you've you've learned? Absolutely. And that is such a great question. So it all comes down to our free will. Now, that's so tricky because every human's like, what does that look like? Do I really have free will? Right. Okay, we might not have had free will about being in the car accident, but where the free will comes in is in our perspective to see it um, and to change it differently. Instead of saying this happened to me, we can say, look, this was an accident and I'm going to make the best of this and I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to become, you know, the person that I want to be. So a lot of times our free will is truly in our perspective and the way that we choose to see things. Um, now after my third NDE, when I had a traumatic brain injury, I came back and I had lost my taste, my smell, my equilibrium, a lot of my things that I actually just needed to function in my daily life. And what I found was somehow, and I know it was because of the experience that I had, I was able to come back with gratitude, gratitude that even though I wasn't the person I had been before this, I was able to love and hold my kids and hug them every day. So being able to shift it into I am grateful for being here instead of I've lost this and I've lost that. And now I have vertigo and now I have migraines and now I have on and on and on, right? All of the head injury problems people have the ability. And honestly, I felt like there was some divine intervention in that because I don't know that human Michelle could have come back like that without having had the NDE, yeah. but the ability to change it into gratitude instead of being like, oh, I lost all of these things shifted everything for me. That's beautiful. Yeah, I I was um, on my meeting before this today. I was we were talking about how it's all a perspective, choosing to stay in the darkness that's all around us if we choose it, or choosing to stay in the possibilities. And that's why I was excited about having you on today because I really feel that the the person the people that watch conscious business zone, they're servant leaders, they're doing everything they can for everyone around them. And they could use some help doing things for themselves. And um, so you're a great resource for that. Yeah. So, so, um, okay, so the you have a lot of people that have NDEs come back so different um, especially the people that have been in the military, they can't kill anybody anymore. Um, a lot of very successful people don't care about money anymore. Um, did, did this really affect your family? Like, I mean, they, I'm sure they were so grateful to have you. They, they were so glad, but did you feel like you had to relearn everybody around you and, and reintegrate? Absolutely. Wow. That is the very challenging part of NDEs. Wow. And, you know, I, I came back and I was actually um, in my third NDE when I met my life guides. They had actually, this was the one where they're like, okay, Michelle, you got to go back. You got to do mediumship. This one I had a choice in. Um, and, and so for me to come back, I had to go back and do my mediumship and follow through with the other parts of my soul plan. And at that point in time, they told me there's a very good chance your marriage won't won't survive this. Like very good, like 90 percent. Um, and so I still made the choice. I wanted to come back. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to follow through with these other purposes. But they were right. I mean, my marriage ended in divorce after a 25 year marriage. Um, I outgrew friends because there were a lot of friends. I was in a Christian community and there were a lot of people who were not OK with what I were doing was doing. And they thought like, oh, my gosh, this must be evil. Well, I knew that it was of the light because I know the messages. I know how it feels. I see the life change that people receive from it. And so, yes, there was a huge, very painful 
period of time where I actually had to choose to honor myself and be me and follow my purpose. And the painful side of that was I was going to lose people that I loved and I wish could follow me on the journey. Yes. I, I think uh, lots of people are having different versions of that right now with, uh, um, with what's happened with the um, contrast with um, these past three, going on three years now, um, where people sort of dig in their heels about what they think is right. So you have this high polarity and, and you just have to choose, does this feel good? Is this in the heart? And how does this serve, really? Because um, we're all in service to humanity and to Earth as, as this ascension's happening. Absolutely. So, do you get future vision then for yourself? I mean, you, they gave you the memo. <laughs> Go back and be a medium and, and, and a spiritual coach and everything. I mean, you really have... Uh, an amazing skill set to help people. Did they give you an idea of what's what's happening? Um, insights into what this future Earth is going to be like. Could you share that? Yeah, I mean, we really are looking at becoming the human collective. So we're we're looking at. The division um, is going to actually start to taper down. I don't actually think this is going to happen in my lifetime. Like, let's look at the humans. Um, it's, a, it's a long road for us. We like to do things the slow way. But, <laughs> but we have started it. And it actually started before COVID. But COVID was a really big factor for people because now what? The whole world was facing something. We were united in a sense against this. Now, there was still some, you know, you're a vaxxer, you're an anti-vaxxer, blah, blah, blah. We still found ways to divide it, right? Um, but what I would say is that it gave people for the first time in history the chance to go home for six months. You couldn't go to church if you wanted to and work on your own connection with spirit and God. You are now asked for the first time in history to find your own truth. Yes. And it was huge. And it was a huge opening for people. And so with this, look, this was an opening. Things were, are going to be coming our way that will help and shift us. But we're really working toward being one world, not being, you know, Americans, Russian, Chinese, on and on and on and on. Right, right, right. Well, um, the, the opportunity to know thyself to love yourself, because how can you really give love to others if you don't love yourself? And, and to look for the best case scenario. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the other part. It's like, I, I just want to cover my ears some of the times. It's like, oh my God, because I don't watch television. I don't right. know, but, but I don't know. I don't either. And I know some people would think that was kind of naive and foolish, but you know, I'll have, I have an app on my phone for news so I can yeah. scroll it so I can control what I see instead of sitting there and, and buying all in. I also feel like a lot of the information we are being shown and fed is not accurate. Um, and so, so I would encourage people to use their own discernment. And the easiest way is to start asking spirit. If it's a new story, if it's a story a friend told you, how much light is in this? Exactly. Well, oh. you, when you get into your feelings, you can feel it, whether or not it's true or not, or if this is furthering the light or furthering mm -hmm. the other agenda. Because I mean, there is these teeter totter with fear and and love. There is it's definitely apparent, and you get to choose. And and that's part of why I wanted to talk with you is about the idea of self empowerment through knowing more information about yourself and um, reconnecting with your guides. Could you share any um, of the and without telling people's names, of course, but could you share any um, stories about how people reconnected and and, um, and were supercharged by being with their their guides? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so one lady that I was reading for, she is an RN. She lives in the Midwest. She has eight kids. Her mom was getting sick and in hospice. And um, she was really obviously emotionally, mentally, physically drained. There was nothing less to give. And as I was reading for her, all of a sudden I felt Mother Teresa come in. And I said, 
I have Mother Teresa here. And she says, oh, she said, I worked with her in Calcutta. So she had actually worked with her. So sometimes our life guides come in and they were actually humans we knew or they're on our team now. But so Mother Teresa comes in and says to her, she says to her, I want you to know I never lost myself in service to others. Because had I lost myself in service to others, I would not have been able to serve. And so she was telling this woman, it was very profound for her and for me, getting to be able to share and think about that message. We have to serve our soul and our own individual purpose first. And by doing that is actually how we serve others. So by me serving my soul and being the medium that I came here to be, that's actually the most natural way for me to serve and help others. And by this beautiful lady who is an RN, by her serving herself first, then she has the energy and the emotional, mental, physical reserve to serve others. That's perfect. That's perfect. And, and you can see that that's, um, we're being coaxed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are. Every, every step of the way we're being coaxed to, Hey, they're sitting around waiting for us to call on them. And, yes. and uh, they were on assignment, but we forgot. We just forgot. We so, did. We yeah. did. And I think it's really important to talk about that because everyone has a spirit team. Everyone has at least one guardian angel. Everyone has at least one life guide. Everyone has their loved ones in spirit around them. So none of us are here living this life alone. And our spirit team remembers the blueprint that we created for our life when we came in. So even though our humanness might not feel in touch with it, our spirit team knows. And they are constantly giving us opportunities to get back on track, get back on track. Go ahead, you know, accomplish that mission, finish strong. Yeah, right. And and it feels like sometimes you'll get like this nudge to go somewhere. Like you have to go, you have to go to this restaurant. You have to go to this restaurant. You have to go to this restaurant. It's like, I don't want to go. You have to go. And you every time you do follow those, I'm calling them memos. Yes. Memos from beyond. Little paper slip. Here's your slip. Here's your go do it. Every time I do just wonderful gifts happen. I run into somebody, just something delightful happens. But, but um, do you, most people get those and they just don't act or they, um, they are so um, focused in this reality that they, they aren't letting it in. Is that what happens? Yes. So most of us get these multiple times a day. Well, actually everyone does. Now, whether you choose to see it or pay attention to it is a different story, but our soul naturally has made many, many connections with source, with guidance, with our higher self throughout the day. So for some people, they are in the shower and they get their aha moment or they're driving the car or they hear a song on the radio. I mean, many, many times a day this comes through. What I find is people want the big, like loud, booming message. They want the billboard. Well, spirit usually speaks to us in a whisper. And so if we're really busy and we're not focused and we don't tune into that at all, a lot of times we are missing the messages. Right. And and so that's why it's great to have somebody like you being able to tell you. Uh, also, um, the... the um, the construct of not being fearful for death is a big part of all of mediumship where you get to talk and experience people from beyond. Could you talk about any of the um, readings with that you've had where, where um, people, I, I don't know, um, I, I had an angelic um, gentleman on uh, last a couple of weeks ago, and he put Sage on with Jasmine through the computer. And I definitely, I got that. And then later I got roses from him. And I, I know I got it. I know that somehow it did this. So, so you must be, um, you must have wonderful stories of people being inspired and recognizing people from the other side. Could you share something, please? 
Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, the reason that that worked and you were able to smell is because our scent is a quantum smell, is a quantum sense. So you're able to do this with your loved ones in spirit too. So let's say you're missing mom. You can you can kind of sit down, relax and say, mom, send me the smell of where you are today. Do you smell the ocean? Do you smell the mountains? Do you smell fresh bread baking? You know, I mean, so quantum sense are what we use as mediumship wow. and we're able to connect. And that's kind of what you were experiencing. So um, with that being said, there are a lot of places that we can go with the stories with our loved ones and the way that they're connecting with us. Uh -huh. For a lot of people, they will actually have loved ones that will appear to them um, either in a dream or they'll see them actually physically manifest. Usually that's just for a second, but those experiences are life-changing. Have you talked about shared um, death experiences on here? No. Okay. So shared death experiences are also something that people experience. And I had one with my dog. And so can I just explain that real quickly? Sure, please. Yeah. So with a shared death experience, it's when we have a human sitting with somebody who is getting ready to transition and they're in good health. And so what they will notice is when their loved one transitions, it can be anything from, um, you know, maybe the curtains move in the room where they see a mist leave the body all the way up to people reporting seeing their loved one's life review. And so in the shared death experience I had, it was with one of my beautiful white German shepherds and it was, it was time to transition her because she had leukemia. And the vet came to the house and I was laying on the ground in my pajamas, sobbing, not trying to be a medium at all, just being human and sad that my dog was getting ready to transition. And I was laying next to her and the vet administered the anesthesia. And, and then all of a sudden I felt her soul and it reminded me of the feather in the Forrest Gump movie, the way it just like floats on the wind. I felt it so gently and effortlessly detached. And at that moment, I heard my mom say, I have her now. Uh -huh. And then about 45 seconds later, the vet listened to her heart and said, she's gone. But I had knew she had already transitioned. So our loved ones in spirit, that was just one of my experiences, will give us signs all the time that they are okay and that we can connect with them. And so a lot of times those are sense. I have many clients who are like, Hey, I was walking down the hall in the morning. It was still dark out. And all of a sudden I smelled my dad. Yes, because he knows that you can smell him. Oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. Okay, so I have another question for you. I saw that you um, went to helping parents heal. Yes. And as a parent, wasn't that difficult? I I, I mean, I, I would... I think it would break my heart to see all of those people. Um, how, how did you, how does that yeah. work that you can be in service in that way and not be all torn up from it? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. That is a great question because I do have three kids and, yeah. um, and that's my, that is my life and my main focus point, right. Is being with my kids and, so one of the things that really helps me when I am reading for a parent, I listen, I have parents who've lost more than one child. I have parents I've read for that have lost two and all three and not even in the same way. Like one had cancer, one had a car accident and one transitioned at birth. So, I mean, it is unbelievable, but here is the beautiful part of what I get to share with them. Their child is still alive, right? And so as a mom, this is what I think often when I think about these beautiful parents that I work with, I think, okay, what is most important to me? It is knowing that my child is okay. Whether that is my child is at college or at a friend's house or at the movies tonight, what do I need to know? I need to know that my child is okay no matter where they are. And so one of the greatest gifts that I get to share with these parents is that their children come through and prove to them they are okay and talk to them about things their parents were thinking this morning or happened this week or things that are coming up. And so what that really gives someone is a sense of peace. And I think as humans, that's what we're all looking for. And that idea that if my child can't be here with me right now in the physical form, at least I can know that they're okay where they are. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. I just, I, I knew that, that I knew so many people in that picture that uh, the group picture you had for everyone that spoke at, at, uh, at the event. 
And yeah. it was like, oh, I just, I, my heart goes out to people because uh, I know that there's another life, but the loss, I mean, we go through so many different losses of relationships, of property, of businesses, whatever, whatever it is, cars, whatever it is. But but um, your children are so connected to you. It would be um, okay. So Noelle said she smelled her dad's um, cigarette smoke when I visited the homestead, and he used to sit outside. Yeah, absolutely. It's dad's way of dropping you a love note and saying hi. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Noelle. Um, so so when you past the third time, mm -hmm. I forget what the second time was, but um, the third time did, and you said you got a life review and you were told that you could go back and be a medium. Mm -hmm. Did you get um, a bigger, like the kaleidoscope of um, things that people talk about where they feel the, the, the actions that you had and the reactions that it affected other people or did you get this future view um, with um, with um, a happy ending, hopefully? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my, <laughs> I love that. Mine was, mine was. I'm gonna take the happy ending. I'm gonna own that. Yes. Um, I would say this. Um, mine was more of a future view. Mine was more of a, hey, this is great that you thought your only purpose was being a stay-at-home mom, and that's definitely one of your purposes, but there is a lot more for you. And so mine was a more of a future view, more of an, uh, um, an unveiling of what was to come. And I will tell you, I do remember parts of that, and then I still feel like things are revealed to me. I don't remember all of it yet, but there'll be like a moment where I'll hear something or smell something or see something, and I'll get another opening. Oh my gosh, they said that would happen. Oh my gosh, here it is. So it was it was a lot of downloads at that moment, um, and and they're not all active in my memory, but they are brought up as they're appropriately supposed Perfect. to be. Perfect. Yeah, I, I call that unpacked because sometimes I'll get this high pitched sound and it's like incoming and mm -hmm. someone will go, what is it? What is it? And I was like, I have no idea. I used to ask them to speak slower, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that didn't work either because that isn't what it is. It, it's not right. speaking. It's it's, it's a transmission of communication. Yeah. And, yeah. and our humanness, we like to, we use words. Right. <laughs> but, but spirit for me, so as a medium, most of my information comes in as feelings. So right. I'm translating feelings into words. Now, not all mediums work that way, but I describe what I do as it feeling similar to looking at someone that you know well and you know exactly what they're going to say before they say it. You can't really think about it. You can't explain it. It's just there. So that is how spirit pretty regularly communicates for me. So do you see too, you hear obviously, and you see, you see when you're in kind of a trance state, but do you see, um, so you see their family around them or, and pets or any, anything yeah. else that is, is important for them to get information for their journey right so i want to be clear i don't usually see i will get a vision or a picture or oh, ideas okay. but i usually feel so i'll actually be saying oh i feel your grandpa i feel your dog i feel so all of that it's very interesting in my human daily life i do not feel the color blue or feel the number three or feel but when i'm working with spirit i'll say oh i feel the number three i feel the color blue i feel grandpa grandpa feels like he's about 5'10". So I'm actually literally feeling everything. Wow, that's so cool. That's so cool. So um, have other people um, been sparked into um, changing directions? Because you, you do coaching as well. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I think a lot of the people here, not only would they want reading, but they would want some coaching and spiritual support. because. Yes because we are in a time of spiritual upliftment it may not feel that way but <laughs> everything is um changing so that we can be more spiritual beings so could you talk a little bit about what that looks like too when you help people as a spiritual coach 
Yeah, absolutely. So people will come to me with whatever. I'm working with some people right now who are leaving their religion and they're, that's a way that they're needing coaching because they're saying, hey, we believe this our whole life and now it doesn't feel right anymore, but what's next? And what does God look like outside of my belief system that I've been you know, trained in my whole life? So that's one of the things I'm working with right now. Um, now for some people, there's a lot of trauma and grief that goes along with that because they're like, I believed this, I loved this, and who am I now? For other people, they're kind of like, yeah, it just didn't fit anymore. So what I'm doing when I'm working with people in that situation is I'm connecting to their spirit team, their life guides, their loved ones, and saying, okay, what is the next step to help this person smoothly access the next higher point on their journey? And so I'll really, I'm really working with their spirit team a lot of times. I have another lady who I was working with who came to me and she said, hey, I've been offered, you know, a lateral move at work. I don't want to take it. And our spirit team said, take it. And she said, well, I don't want to take it. I said, well, you have free will. You don't have to. Your team's advising you take it, but you can do what you want, right? And two weeks later, I get um, an email from her saying, well, I didn't want to take it. I went ahead and took it and they got rid of my job. Had I not followed my team's advice, I would be unemployed right now. Wow. Wow. That's, that's excellent advice. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it is really interesting because when I'm doing the life coaching, it's actually for me, it's what is your team telling you? Yeah, I love that. And, and I love um, a lot of times the validation that you get with working with someone like you, because um, they, the person might have sort of gotten the idea, but they couldn't pull, they couldn't um, do the, do the action until they right. got validated. Um, but sometimes when you do readings, you give people information that is totally out of their realm of thinking and comfort zone have you ever had that happen where um so i i've had that happen where um i did i i i told somebody all the stuff i saw and they kicked me out of their office um and told me what kind of marketer are you oh gosh <laughs> like, i don't know it just came through i had to tell you and within six weeks everything happened so, so, but they, it was so out of their realm of possibilities. One of the things was they would be dancing on stage in a big theater to an audience. And she went, I'll never do, you know, what are you talking about? Well, right. I don't know. It just showed up. So, yeah. Anyway. But have you ever had that happen? You know, I've, I have occasionally. So here's the thing. Most people like my clients are seeking me. I don't go out seeking them. So they're already coming to me with a certain extent of an open mind okay. right? to just even come for a mediumship reading or whatever they want to. So, so they're going to be more open than your average person for what the information is that spirit has for them. And some people come in and I'm like, oh my gosh, we can go way out there. Like this person is so open and they want to talk aliens and this yeah. and that, you know what I mean? And then other people come in and really it's all they can do to open their mind enough to say, she might be connecting with my loved one. And so I'm always gauging and listening to spirit on what this person is ready to hear and not ready to hear because spirit knows. And so one of the things is I have found that I always am trusting spirit, my spirit team and their spirit team to give them the information that they're ready for. Oh, and um, yeah, if I try to make it about me, it's all going to go wrong. But as long as I'm just listening to spirit and where they're telling me this person's ready to go, it always turns out well. Well, well that instance that happened to me, um, I, I, don't know what came over me that I was, it was almost like I had no control. Her soul wanted her to know. And so I, I had to bark it out. I mean, yeah. it, I, I think I was there to talk to her about doing a marketing plan and ended up all this stuff came through. And um, I, and it, it was a good lesson for me to learn how to control my gift as well. Yeah. Just because you see it and you know it doesn't mean you should say it. Well, and that's a great thing that you just brought up because people, one of the, this is the number one question people ask me. When you go to the grocery store, are you getting messages for everyone? Are you sharing these messages? 
No, I'm not. A good medium, and one that does this regularly, knows how to turn that volume up and down on that button, right? And so for me, it's not productive to walk around in my mediumship zone 24 hours a day because I have kids and dogs and a life to live, and I got to get groceries and all of those things. So I'm not walking around reading people unless I'm in a reading with that person. Um, and because of that, if I were to say, go to the grocery store and someone's loved one in spirit somehow managed to break through and give me a message for them, I would actually have to kind of read that person's energy to see if it was going to be productive for them. Because what I've found is all of this is about love and comfort. Right. And so some people are not ready for that at all. And if they're not, and you give them a message like that, it can actually knock them off track in a negative way instead of help move them forward. Other people that might be exactly what they need to take them from where they point A to point B to the next stop. Right, right. That makes total sense. That makes total sense also that um, it uh, you wait to be asked. Uh, it, it, there's a um, honoring of that person's sovereignty. So um, but that's that's beautiful that you say everyone comes to you. And and it is a um, it's a great asset that you're offering to people to get a glimpse into a better um, a better connection to who they really are, to all of the unseen um, resources that that they have. So I, I know that even if you would be in the grocery store, you're so full of love and your light that you would you would make them feel comfortable, even if you would go, honey, is, there's a little boy right by you. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's so much of it is about um, presentation and how you're going to share those messages. And really, because I do work with the light and that energy of love, I do feel like all of the messages that flow come from a place of love and light. Right, right. They really right. Do. Yeah, no, it isn't about you or there's no judgment mm -hmm. at all in any of your presentation. In fact, you have this delight. Um, to what you're doing that that's really felt, you can feel it. Yeah, um, thank you. So you mentioned about um, religion. And when we met, we were both with a Catholic priest. We got our picture taken together. <laughs> and um, which I, I went to his workshop. It was packed. It was. I did too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so the thing is, do you find that that's a lot of what's happening right now where people, I, I think we were programmed, lovingly programmed by our family and um, and maybe by our, even in our DNA, it's there as a survival mechanism. A lot of the programs that are, um, that the humanity has been running on may need to change now. Are you finding that a lot? You mentioned something about religion and obviously you were talking to a Catholic priest a lot. You guys are talking a lot. We so so um, what, do you, what do you think about this? I mean, spiritual um, connection is available for everyone, but we were taught you went through an intermediary. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I feel like religions all have good parts to them and they all have some maybe not so good parts to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, some souls come here to planet earth and they say, Hey, I need, I need a guidebook. Like I'm going to come here and I'm going to forget that I myself can make my connection with source. And so I'm going to need somebody to kind of start guiding me and, and showing me how to do that. And that's a beautiful thing. Listen, I, I think it's fine. To, I think it's wonderful if you love your religion, if it feels homey, if you're comfortable there. But it should always be secondary to your own immediate connection with source. So right. when people find things and they say, it just doesn't feel right anymore. That didn't sound right. That sounded wrong to me. That is your soul saying that is not God source divine that I know that we come from, that we're a part of. Right, right. Well, and we get to look right now at this time period, this past two, three years at everything and see how it best serves. And if it is of love mm -hmm. um, or, or if it's a power or fear and um, and take responsibility for our journey. And um, so, OK, so so if you could um, give the audience recommendation, you would say meditate, 
um, connect to your own beings. Is there other things that you would recommend that you do daily that would help um, help everyone start to think about how they can be the love and maybe even re-experience their childhood love that's mm -hmm. missing? Because that's what's, you can really tell it's missing. Uh, people um, spending so much time complaining instead of um, in gratitude. Right. Could you, could you share what you, your recipe that you would give me for, for a change? Yeah. It, it usually starts with me asking questions. So normally every morning I say to God, source divine, my spirit team, what do I need to know today? And then I leave a blank and I let them fill in the blank. Maybe it's act with more love. Maybe it's like, Hey, the dog needs to go to the vet. I don't know, but I'll let spirit tell me number one, what do I need to know today? The other thing that I find myself having to ask, because I'm human, like all of us, sometimes I want to make decisions that are fear-based and I have to stop and give myself a moment and say, but what would love say? What does love say? And sometimes I have to ask myself that a couple of times because I'm in my fear zone, right? I, I don't know. I can't think of an example right now. But whenever we can balance our choice with, okay, am I making this decision from fear or love? And then give love a chance to speak. It absolutely will make things move more smoothly. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. And you did mention um, gratitude too, that, that, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I am so grateful that I got to be to meet you at Ions. Me too. And to I'm be grateful. around those people. I mean, that that whole reassurance that you're not alone, you're not crazy, that there's words to explain what you feel. Because I mean, I'm in communications and I'm still always looking for the words because I feel it so strongly, but translating it into English kind of it does. Yeah, it really does kind of make it smaller than it is. And so part of that is also really for people, another great tool is to connect with the light that they are, right? Because yes. my goal is just to be the brightest light that I am and that I can be for others. So as I'm doing that for myself, I effortlessly am able to do that for others. And you are, you are doing oh, that. I, I you, you. It, you, seriously, you, it's amazing. You, you are walking your talk a lot. Oh, thank you. You know, one of the greatest tools too, that we can do to help each other. And this is what I find myself doing in my readings is I always hold the space for someone to be the next best version of themselves whether that's in three days, three weeks, or three years. And so I don't walk around seeing anyone is broken. Everyone is on the perfect soul path for them. But if even, and we can do this, whether you're a psychic medium or not, like, you know, your child's potential, right? right. Or your loved one's potential. So you're just beautifully holding this light and love in this space that they will effortlessly reach it. And so we can do that for everyone, even strangers. I, I think that's a good one. And also um, that um, you can speak soul to soul. So you just, you um, speak to the highest aspect and then let it go because that's the other question I was going to ask about trust, mm -hmm. because I think that is the missing ingredient in the recipe of happiness right now. Um, we we've um, because of the distortion from love that's in almost all of our, um, um, the education system, the political system, he, the healthcare system. I mean, so much of it is really um, out of order, out of divine order, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And um, how do we learn to trust and get a connection that we can trust when, when everything around us looks like it's it's not right right that's a great question and i actually asked spirit this um a, a couple years ago and 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 spirit said actually michelle the trust that you're looking for is in yourself that you will handle the situation no matter what it is whether it's good bad neutral whether it's information that seems productive or hurtful or neutral so it really is us learning to trust ourselves 
That's one of the things that I think humans have ripped away from them immediately. I mean, and listen, I've probably done that to my kids unintentionally, but it was like, wait, wait, don't cross the street. Hold my hand, right? I start taking away their trust in themselves by being a mom, but it's about us learning that we can trust ourselves. And so the minute that you know that you know your truth, that you can trust what you're feeling, that it's accurate then you're able to make the right decisions for you, which actually have this profound effect on other humans making the right decisions for them too. When we're looking to trust ourselves with spirit, let's say with information, listen, my angels very often show me emojis. So I'll ask them a question. I'll get thumbs up, thumb down emoji, right? Um, so let's not make it more complicated than it has to be. A visual like that, ask your angels, hey, is this the job A or job B? See which one they give you the emoji thumb up on. If you want to ask, is there truth in this for me? Okay, give them, ask that. How much light is in this for me? Oh, 37%. Not as much as I need to actually hold on to that and, and keep it in my energy field, if that makes sense. So your spirit team will always guide you, but do it in easy ways. Some people think you have to go meditate for three hours to get an answer from your angels. You know, if you want to do that, that's awesome. And they'll patiently wait three hours for you to get done meditating. But you could also just throw that question up to them and let them give you an emoji, thumb up or thumb down. So do you ever use a pendulum too or kinesiology? I don't. I don't. Um, I kind of see myself as the tool. And this is how I was trained and how I've learned to do it. And so I don't ever, um, I do believe that those things work. But I also believe like for me personally, um, if I use something like that, it would be to back up what I already know. Oh, okay. Okay. And I would actually say if you're practicing on trusting yourself, go inside, look for that internal guidance yourself. It feels like a yes, feels like a no. Then check your pendulum, then check your cards, then check, but start trusting yourself first and use those as your backup. So, and do you use angel cards or any of that kind of work too? I mean, or, and, and who are your team? What angels do you regularly work with? Yeah. So um, I do have angel cards rare. It's very rare for me to ever pull them out in a reading because usually I'm just getting the information myself. Once in a while, they'll say, have your client pull a card and I'll have them. I will intuit the card. I'm following what spirit's showing me on the card. I'm seeing the colors. I'm seeing the images. I'm feeling it. So that's how my messages come out. I was not trained in tarot at all. It's an intuition still. Um, so sometimes I will use those. But if I use them for myself, I'll always intuit the answer first and then use those as backup. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought is a confirmation. Yeah. And then as far as angels that I work with, I work very closely with Archangel Michael. I work with Archangel Metatron. And I also work with um, Archangel um, Uriel. And all of them are coming in regularly um, to clear my energy, to guide me, to help me to connect with other person's spirit team and get the messages that they need. Uh, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love that. And I love the archangels. Um, and I love the whole idea that, that um, you're not diluting the pure um, stream of information that you're getting. Yeah. So cool. So cool. <laughs> well, this has just been a wonderful thing. Is there anything else that you would love um, for the audience to know about it? Um, let's see. Okay, so um, Lauren Parker's asking if you have any messages for her, but Lauren, um, I'm sorry, we're almost out of time. So um, please go to Michelle's site. I'll put it up again, and um, and uh, go, and you'll be able to set up a session with her. Because um, I'm afraid, I'm sorry that um, we we don't have time, and we didn't really set it up for readings today, but. But anyway, is there anything else that you would like to share here? I would just like to share with people that none of us are living this life alone. We literally have a spirit team around us. Um, you can't even die alone. You could be in the middle of the Sahara Desert with no other human around you, but you will never even transition this world alone because your loved ones in spirit, your angels, your life guides, they are constantly surrounding you and supporting you on this journey. The hard part is to reach outside of our humanness and let them show us the messages, let them guide us. But once we start practicing that, 
it actually will become much more effortless. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I uh, want to make sure everyone knows how to reach you. So um, thank you, Kathy. Yeah. Do you want, so it's michelleclair.net. Yes. Is the best way, right? It is. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, I hope to see you at IONS again this next year. We're going to be in Arlington, Virginia. And I'm we're planning on, on it. the committee. So we're already making all sorts of plans and Oh, wonderful. I can't wait. I plan on being there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and um, I, I hope you are because I really felt I, I could really connect with you there. And and I was looking, I was looking to who are the angels or who are you can almost see the energy around people. And um, so, I, so I'm so glad I get to meet you. And thank you for your beautiful work. Thank you for everything you do to help people during these changing times so that they can really, really, really see that we're divine beings of life. We're so much more powerful than we know. And um, Michelle can help you get back to your empowered self and, uh, and step out in trust and love to help us change this, um, this whole game that we're in. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Okay. Well, see you soon. Such a pleasure. Okay. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.